Our burden for this weekend is summarized in these three words, which are the title to our conference. Rekindle, reset, reconsecrate. This morning we have a larger audience. Uh, this is the only meeting that we've actually opened to a kind of hybrid situation. So there are some saints in the city that are uh, joining us, I think particularly from Manhattan, but I do have a feeling that the word may have gotten out and the audience could be even broader than what uh, I had anticipated. So we welcome, we welcome all of you. Um, Rekindle, (laughs) reset, reconsecrate. This word rekindle is based on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. That's where we started the conference. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Verses that I think we are quite familiar with, but I, I do believe, at least I hope, we have a fresh impression of uh, through, through this fellowship. Especially, at least to me, it became more meaningful considering the context, considering Timothy himself and his receiving these words from his spiritual father, words of encouragement, words of strengthening, words of reinforcement, words of reestablishment. And he says to Timothy, I'm writing to remind you, remind you. And we, we talked about this in the first session. This, this weekend, we've had a lot of <laughs> a lot of rewords. We introduced rewords, and then as saints started sharing, everybody introduces a new, a new reword. Not everyone. That's an exaggeration. Several people introduced their own rewords. Because we're in a particular place, particular stage. And, and, and uh, even, even yesterday, somebody said, somebody said, uh, I want to introduce this word, resume. And some sisters behind me got scared. No, no, no more Zoom. (laughs) Then they realized, oh, oh, resume. We're talking about resuming the in-person, in-person meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that resume, she said. Recover. Recover. Reinforce reestablish but we we uh this word rekindle is because in first timothy uh chapter one when paul says i remind you which is a reword i remind you to fan into flame and we saw this word fan into flame in the greek is this very particular word don't you love this word i don't know how to pronounce it but my pronunciation is Ana zo pureo. Again, living fire. <laughs> Make the fire living again. 
make the fire living again. And I very much appreciated uh, in his sharing. See, the, the, the body, you know, we're, none of us is complete. That's why, we, you, you know, you should never think, oh, my portion, I'm so this, I'm just, I can't be like so-and-so. And you're not supposed to be like so-and-so. God didn't create you like so-and-so. He created you like you. And he created me like me. And why we have certain functions, I will never know. I have this function. I don't want this function, but this function I got. So I do my part. And then, and then a brother came and shared, and it was, it was just so completing that, that the fire, it, you know, when, when we, we talked about that, you need, you need air, you need blowing. Like that's fanning, fanning, fanning. But the fanning is not like this. You know, the fan, the fan is not, you put it, you know, those big, we, we have one here. Don't we have, we used to have one in the lobby here, this big fan. You walk in and, you know, like, it, it's a, you know, not that, because that kind of fan will blow out, will really quench the fire. Right. And then we talked about the satanic fire department, right? Those of you, sorry, on Zoom, you got to go back and we're not going to repeat that. But the, Satan wants to always quench the fire. Yeah. So, so the brother pointed out, actually, you need, you need a kind of fanning and you need more embers. You need to be together. Did you get that this weekend? Yeah. Embers together and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's gentle, but it's a fanning. And the Lord does that with us. The Lord does that with us. And, and okay, the, the, these verses that we have today, uh, today's on reconsecrate. And, and uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 are really the key verses. We, we have 1 to 18 listed for you here. But the key verses are 1 and 2. 1 and 2. And Paul starts this way. I exhort you, therefore, brothers through the compassions of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know what that is? That's rekindling. That's, that's Paul is saying, remember the compassions of God. Remember the compassions of God. If you stop and consider the compassions of God, you know what happens to you? There's a little... Those of you who were present here just now, just within this hour, was your heart not rekindled in love for the Lord? We even sang, your compassions are my story. Your compassions, God's compassion is my story. And I can say, God's compassion is my story. I think you can say it too. God's compassion is my story. It's my story. I, as we were singing, I had to stop. I'm thinking of my story. From a little boy, nothing. Nothing. Not special, particular. Oh, of course, we all think we're something. But you understand? Nothing. Just a little in Brooklyn, playing basketball. And God picked me. God picked me. God picked me. He picked you too. I just think about that. Lord, I love you. They're like, like, like the whole thing is make is clear again. 
the whole thing is clear again. I said, little boy. Oh, that Friday night. I, I talk about this a lot. I like to. It's my story. I was telling a brother. I forgot who I was uh, mentioning this to. Sheldon. I think it was is Sheldon here. Sheldon, it was you, right? Yeah, 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 Sheldon. I told him it was Friday the 13th. I got saved on Friday the 13th, 1965. I was seven. I was seven. I met a little girl who was six, going to be seven soon. I met another child, seven. When I, when I meet somebody, you say you're six or seven, you, they don't know my heart. My heart is, oh, I got saved when I was seven. I always think that right away. How old are you? Seven. You could get saved this year. That's the first thing I think about. Because that's my story. That was my story. I know you have a different story. That's fine. You, you must love your story. Tell your story to somebody. Tell your story to somebody. Because it's, it has eternal value. But, but my sister that night, she was, she, was, she, she, she was practicing her Sunday school message. Practicing with this, uh, what do you call, flannel graph thing. And, 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 and the story was, the, was Luke 15, the man who had 100 sheep, lost one. And how he went and found the one and then put it on his shoulders and came rejoicing. And I just, you know, we, I don't remember most of my childhood. Do you? But that night, it was as if it was last night. It's just so clear to me. I remember sitting at that table in that little apartment in Brooklyn. And my sister talked to me. She was 16 years old. Can you imagine that? Almost 17. She was almost 10 years older than her. And she spoke to me. And it was, it was as if only we two existed. And then, and then she, 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 she told me that that. You know, she the flannel graph. You know what the flannel graph is, right? That you know, you there's a scene. You put it on a board, and then you stick these pictures on it. And you know, a lot of the teachers know. Teachers know. And so she had the sheep. She had the man with a what do you call staff? And and uh, and he leaves the ninety nine. And then you know, today today you do a video. This is all animated. And the kids, you know, yeah, yeah. With me, okay, first, remember, I was seven, seven, second, this was 1965. Okay, so, so no animation. She, she was, you know, she moved the thing, you know. And that was enough for me, you know. Okay, so she, and then, and then he found, then there was one sheep here. And then there's a bunch of sheep, you know, flock. And then the man, oh, found it. And then this is the, this is the point. She takes those two off. And then she puts another one on. And it's the man holding the sheep here. You, you know what I mean? Like he says, he put it on his shoulders. And she made this statement. She says, um, this, that's what Jesus did on the cross. You know Jesus on the cross? He was holding all the lost sheep. Picture just impacted my heart. That's what he was doing. He came to find you. And when he found you, he didn't rebuke you. He picked you up and took you home. 
And then she said, do you know who the lost sheep is? I said, no. And then she asked me if I wanted to receive the Lord that night. And that night, this little boy, first time, the, the love of God was in the Holy Spirit, was poured into my heart. That's my story. That's even part of the story. His compassion, here it says, here it says, I exhort you through the compassion, plural. Do you know the Lord has compassions for you? There's one compassion in his choosing you. You weren't even here. You weren't a thought. You were not a thought, but God thought about you. Every one of you. Every one of us. Incredible. God had a thought. He knew when you would be. When you would be. Here's a quant. Here's a quant. You got mixed up with your brothers, right? Sometimes. Which one is he? Yeah. When you're a big family, that, that happens, especially when you have brothers who, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> which, 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 which one? We go, we go way back. We, we're, we got the Irvine connection, Peter. We got the Irvine connection. Anyway, um, but now with the Lord. The Lord knows every name. Every name, every single one. And he knew what you would be. And he knew ahead of time what a mess up you would be. He knew. It's not like, it's not like he chose you and then, oh, man. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh, man. Sometimes even I have said to the Lord, Lord, I think you made a mistake. With me, not with anybody. With me, Lord, you must mistaken. It's the first mistake you've ever made. That's what I thought. And the father, father's silly child. I don't make any mistakes ever. And you're not a mistake either. I knew, but I needed you to know. Because sometimes we don't know what we are. And all the Lord has to do is for five seconds, just remove his hand from us. Then we know what we are. But that doesn't disqualify us because he already knew. And he selected you. He chose you. It says in love. He pre-saw you. And then he, that's one compassion. Then he predestinated you. That's another compassion. Then he redeemed you. Oh my, what a compassion was that? How involved was that? And yes, you know, God has his eternal purpose. And it says in uh, Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In Isaiah, in Isaiah, uh, it's, it says, Isaiah 53, that he, 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 for the travail of his labor, the, the fruit, he saw the fruit. He went through all that for the church, for the, for the body, for the kingdom, 
for the new Jerusalem, his bride. But John says he did it just for you. God so loved the world. He loved each one. You know, in the gospel, often we, we, we have told people, I preach the gospel like this. Okay, read this verse. God so loved the world. Okay, okay. what's your name? Oh, it's Shepherd, Shepherd. Read this way. God so loved Shepherd. Could you read that way? And they read it. And by reading that, faith gets right into them. Don't say God so loved the world. Say God so loved Chris. God so loved Israel. Name by name. The apostles, especially, we know Peter was assured of this. You know, Peter, Peter's our representative, right? (laughs) Mess up, mess up. But it it almost like he's the Lord's favorite. I don't know. But John would probably say, "Uh uh-uh. John was the one on his breast. But Peter, no doubt, even he got that word in Mark, go to my disciples and Peter, because Peter found out what he was. And sometimes under the Lord's discipline, if the enemy comes in, it goes too far. So the Lord was disciplining Peter, was showing Peter, but it went, but the enemy started to take advantage and goes too far. So, so he adds this word, go to my disciples and Peter. Why? Can you imagine Peter had denied the Lord Jesus like to his face? Can you imagine what that felt like? where he, I don't know the man, and then cursing, and, and and then he remembers, and not only he remembers, but the Lord Jesus. Oh, they had the eye contact. What a shame. You know that song, right? Tis that look that melted Peter. That was the look. The shame. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, I'm sorry. But he couldn't, he couldn't get close to him to say sorry. And then he's gone. Hours later, gone. What was Peter going through? Can you imagine those sisters coming? We saw the Lord. We saw the Lord. He's alive. What are you talking about, you silly women? You just, I mean, you know, they thought they were crazy. Oh, he said, no, no, no. He said, he told us, and then he said, and go to my disciples and, and Peter. And, 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 and don't you think Peter said, whoa, 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 whoa. Run it back. <laughs> say it again. What did he say? He said, go to my disciples and Peter and tell them. Wait, wait, wait. Are, ex- wait, is that, is, is, you were there. Is that what he said? I, I think he would have just like, And Peter, you know, Brother Nee has a little article on this. Find it, read it. I think you'll just love the Lord again. More, you'll just love the Lord. You'll just be rekindled. Because all of us are and Peter. Peter. 
We should put our name and put your name there. Okay, that's Peter. Paul. Galatians 2.20. This is one of the most famous verses in Christianity. It says that Christ is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life, no longer, in life which I live, I no longer live. What is it? In the, the life I live in the flesh, I live in faith. The faith of the Son of God. You know, if you put a period there, if you put a period right there, the thought of this verse is conveyed. If you look at the context, he's talking about grace versus law. Christ lives in me. I live by him, by faith. You could put a period. It does not take anything away from the context. But somehow Paul just felt compelled to add the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Why? I think because he couldn't help it. He couldn't help Son of God, who loved me. It's not us. It's me who loved me and gave himself up for me. I think Paul, Paul was constrained by that love all the way till the end. You know, his last, his last uh, writing is 2 Timothy 4, where he's telling Timothy, Right, come to me and all that. He said, I finished my course. There's a crown laid out for me, but not only to me, not only for me, but to who? To all those who have loved his appearing. And then right after that, he says, somebody else loves something else. He mentions Demas, co-worker, a co-worker that ended up loving the world. Can you imagine going so far, suffering for the Lord, loving the Lord, overcoming for so long? And then like, it's like in your, like, you know, a marathon, four times around. And then after three times, then you fall. Then you give up. Oh, it's too sad. Lord, have mercy on every one of us. Especially us. Lord, have mercy on us that we would not mess up at the end. But we could have a glorious ending. Actually, what the ending we want is to see you face to face. Come, Lord Jesus. Take us to you. That's what we want. But imagine... So close, and then love the world. I, I feel, and, and then here, you know, you, you continue verse two, and do not be fashioned according to the age. Be careful, saints. Please take heed. Be, do not be fashioned according to the age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing 
and perfect. Saints, we're, we're concerned. We're concerned that among us, without realizing, there may have been some fashioning according to the age. Even we love the Lord so much, but it's possible that our concepts, our thinking, even our worldview is fashioned according to the age without realizing it. Because of the age that you have grown in, because of the schools that you have gone to, because of the, the philosophies that you have adhered to without even realizing And then it, in these last years, oh, the intensification of the infusion of certain ideologies. You can hardly avoid it. You can hardly avoid it. And you may not realize you've already been fashioned. You're, real, you're a real washing of the water in the word. And some of you are more on even social media. And so this is coming, it's coming, it's coming. And you, thoughts, reactions to things around us. And is it, are, they, are they evil? No, I'm not, we're not in that realm. But the world, not the world, the age Today's world, you may not realize, has creeped in. And it smothers our love for the Lord. And so so we end up cool toward the Lord. Faithful? No, you still go to the meetings. You still... I mean, your, your, your name's there. You got on Zoom, so, you know, you're registered there. We can see. Oh, you were there. Yeah. Hmm. Seven minutes. Yeah, we look at those things. <laughs> how were, Israel, how long was Marvin on the media? <laughs> oh, hey, 120 minutes. That's great. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> how about Neil? Oh, <laughs> But we're there, we're there. Even we might pray. Even we might participate. Have you never participated in a meeting in a perfunctory way? Never? Amen, Lord, we love you. Yes, Lord. And you, you, you add your little something to the meeting. I would even say somewhat genuine, but perfunctory. You just fulfilled a duty. It was not with the fear. It was not out of the Lord's compassions. It wasn't. You know that. And you can coast along in the church life. My dear saints, I feel like those days are over. <laughs> we're, we're getting, like, that may have cut it before. I don't think it's going to cut it as we get closer to the end of the age. <laughs> another, another brother who 
or sister, I don't remember, a saint who completed my speaking. I, I skipped over in the message on rekindling. I skipped over Revelation. And then someone came up and shared, oh, you know, and read the verse. I would, Revelation, uh, uh, Laodicea, Laodicea. I would that you would be cold or hot. Can you imagine the word says that? This kind of perfunctory, oh, you just are there, but your heart's not there. That's what I mean. You can be there, but actually you, you have one foot in the world, one foot in, in the church. It's that way. And maybe, maybe even though the, the foot's in the church, you're leaning this way. Have you never done that? And the Lord says, can you imagine the Lord said this? I'd rather that you just be cold than give me this. Let's see. No, this is hot. I need it less hot. That's why it's open. <laughs> Can you imagine the Lord? This is the Lord speaking to the church. We might think, well, at least I'm not cold. Well, at least I'm not like, at least I'm here. And the Lord said, you know what? I'd rather that you be like that than what you are now. That's what it says. I am about to vomit you, spit you out of my mouth. It's like, it's like the Lord, the Lord goes, "Mm." (laughs) it's lukewarm. Can you, Lord, I just told them how much you love them and you'll never give up on them. Now you're spitting them out. (laughs) They're both in the Bible. So deal with that. Lord, I, I hope you would say, Lord, What's my temperature? How do I taste to you today? How do I taste to you? You know, (laughs) I don't know if there's another verse that talks about that we're in the Lord's mouth. But he, he, he takes a sip. Be honest, Lord. What's my temperature? I'm glad I heard the first part. (laughs) I'm lukewarm, but you'll never give up. <laughs> it's better just to pray, Lord, I, I don't know, make me hot. Actually, that word hot there is boiling. It's a good thing we didn't start with this on the first session. <laughs> we started with rekindling. <laughs> and Paul, and Paul, Paul, in Romans, before touching, being fashioned, talks about the compassions. So, so I would say, don't focus on your conditions. Focus on his compassions. But be aware that there are factors around us that cool down our love for the Lord. And just take those things to the Lord. And sometimes it's relationships. Relationships. And we're not in a high school meeting here. 
We're not in a junior high meeting here. These are the young adults. And I think the married saints, some, would even be able to testify, although they don't need to. They better not. How in the past, relationships were the thing that were vying with the Lord for first place. It happens. Many of you have read the testimony of Brother Watchman Nee. He had this struggle too. He started to fall in love with a young girl. And the Lord spoke to him, Psalm 73. And he was reading there. He was reading. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none on earth. And, and he said, I can't read this verse honestly. Whom have I in heaven but thee? That's okay. There's nobody in heaven except Thor. And on the earth, who do I have besides you? You know, that's the way it should be read, right? Whom am I? And on the earth, there's no. Oh, oh, oh there's one that, that is right there. Oh, Lord Jesus. I hope we can have such conversations with the Lord. But for some, it's, it's not a relationship. It's a dream. It's a fantasy. It's a future. It's a career. The career. You, and, and we're all made different. And you know what? The Satan knows that we're different. So... He puts in front of you, each of us, different things. You know what's some? It's just entertainment. Entertainment. I really like sports. My top sport is baseball. I love baseball. There was going to be no baseball. <laughs> I got a little nervous. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please end, end the lockout. <laughs> Some of the saints don't know what I'm talking about. Bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. I don't want to explain to you. I don't want to defile you. Not that it's defiling. It's sports. And I like watching sports. I like playing sports. I like watching sports. But the Lord, when I was a child, when I was 12 years old, he dealt with me over sports. In my age 12 and 13 years, I was on a basketball team. And, and I busted my ankles five times. Three times on one, two times on another. And I remember this one time, and I, it was associated. You know, I got involved with this for the gospel, actually, because this was with the denomination. And the denomination I was with, the Brethren Group, they had a gymnasium built attached to the chapel. Oh, I have to say, though, that Christian group was like a beacon of hope to that entire neighborhood in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. We got hundreds of children and young people, hundreds. And yes, it was drawn with leaven, you know, with the sports. Yes. But at least their salvations are all eternal. 
So I'm not saying this to judge. Please don't judge them. They helped me. They brought me salvation and brought me the love of the Bible and the love of the gospel. So I'm not saying this for that. But it was because of that. I, so I was going to that church group and I was, we, and we had a, like the church group had a team and then we would invite teams to come play against us, you know, and, and uh, anyway, then, oh, I remember one time I could, I was out. I couldn't play because of my ankle. I remember I was sitting and watching the game and they're going back and forth and, oh, and my team was losing. And, and of course, proud as I am, I would say, oh, if I was in there, you know, this kind of, and then, and then, and then the Lord spoke to me. You love that little ball more than me. I said, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't know if I said anything out loud. You know, sometimes that happens. So real that you slip. People say, what'd you say? You say, nothing. (laughs) But, but the Lord, you little ball more than me. I said, no. He said, yes. I said, no. He said, yes. I was 13. I said, so I told the Lord, never. From this day on, never. Just 13. But I told the Lord, from that day till today, sports has never been, I could, I love it, but I can leave it. You understand? It doesn't mean, oh, I never, you know, you stay away. At least not for me. For Brother Lee, yes. Brother Lee had a different, you know, Brother Lee's testimony with football, with soccer. He told, he testified to us. I heard him directly. He said the ball rolled to him. He couldn't even kick it. He, he, and he walked away that day. He, he did not participate. That was his leading. My leading was different, but the heart is the same. It could be, it could be tr- uh, training, you know, I mean, athletic training. Health. Yeah, health. At first, it's health, maybe. Eventually, it becomes your God. Weight training, going to the gym. I'm for going to the gym. I'm for everyone here being healthy to live until the Lord's coming. I'm for that. But you, you do realize that can become your God. And when, and when you go over to St. Tom's or saints come over to your place, that's what comes out of your mouth. That's how you can tell. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we have saints among us. Talking about vitamins, health, vitamins, nutrition, this and that. Do we, are we for nutrition? Of course. Good. Be careful. That shouldn't be your gospel. Other things become people's gospel. There's a limit. Yes, we're concerned for things, but that's not my gospel. Be careful. Because out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks so you can't cheat everybody but mostly don't cheat yourself saints there's many things many things the the list is too long the list is too long and it's for you know 
raising our children. Oh, am I raising the children? You know, there's a whole, you, you, you know, the world, the word world, cosmos, cosmos. There's a, like the key um, footnote in our recovery version of the New Testament. It's in 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You look at that note. Oh, so much light. If you would read that quietly, privately, prayerfully, let the Lord speak to you. It talks about how the, 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 the enemy Satan has taken even the necessities of life, categorized them into a system. And so now you can hardly live without being in that system. So education is there. Even religion is there. It's part of a system. Raising our children has ended up there. And, and, and sisters today, oh, it just seems very, com- more, very much more complicated to raise a child today than 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But they're still living, breathing human beings. And many of you, you were raised not like that. You turned out okay. I'm just saying, be careful. I'm not speaking against. I'm not pro. I'm not con. I'm not anti. I'm not this. I'm just pro-Christ. I just want Christ. Amen. And I'm just telling you, have a, have a psychological filter. Take the good things, but don't let it conform you to the age. There are principles. There are pr- good principles. Yes. Society advances. Yes. And so you can learn some things. But be careful that it doesn't become your religion and your gospel. And then, you know what happens? It affects your church life. It affects your, it affects your small group. <laughs> because because you can only associate with those who have the same concept as you, same values as you. And that affects the church life. Be careful. And, and please, please set your mind on your spirit and don't have the thought, is he talking about me? I don't know anybody's anything. I don't know. I don't know anybody's anything. So don't worry. No, I'm not talking about you. But if it fits, receive the light from the Lord. You know, uh, in Ephesians 5, it says, everything that makes manifest is light. Everything that makes manifest is light. But it gives this illustration. Suppose, Suppose you get rebuked, but the rebuke is totally wrong. Like, I shouldn't rebuke you, but I rebuke you. I come to Marvin. Marvin, you did, 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 did. And, and no, I didn't. But Marvin just receives it and, and doesn't vindicate. And then he goes to the Lord. And then he goes to the Lord. The Lord, the Lord shines on him about something else. So my rebuke, which was wrong, is right. Wow. So he told us everything. Every time you receive a rebuke, go to the Lord. Receive something, go to the Lord. And the Lord may shine over, over you. Oh, let, let me let me let me say that this way. Rekindle. 
is the first burden, right? Rekindle. Then we have reset. Then we have today, reconsecrate. Okay. Rekindle has so much to do with our love. The love in our soul. Reset actually is mostly in our mind. Our mind needs a reset. Our mind needs an adjustment. And reconsecrate has mostly to do with our will. Our will needs to take the lead to give our whole being to the Lord. But even though we're talking about reconsecrate, this morning, I'm mostly concerned about our mind. We need to let the Lord shine into our mind. I come back to those, that verse in, in the first meeting when the two disciples on the way to Emmaus, then they get to the home, the Lord breaks bread, and he's revealed. And what do they say? Did not our hearts burn? While he spoke to us on the way. As he opened the scriptures. But in that chapter, it doesn't only talk about opening the scriptures. It also talks about opening the minds. He opened their minds. By opening the scriptures. And I hope that could happen. Not just here today. This weekend. But when we go back. Go back to the verses. Bring everything to the Lord. And let the Lord open your mind. Lord, I didn't know I thought that way. I didn't know I had that concept. Lord, I want your concept. I want your view. Then you will see everything different. Wars happen. And you're even so clear why that happened. It's terrible. But you see. You see God's hand. In, in, in everything. In everything. In these two years. Oh, so much. So much speaking. This side, that side. You know what I'm talking about. This side, that side. We need God's view. Oh, God has been operating. Even in these two years. I hope you could see in your situation. Uh, I did not read the end of verse 1. Let's, let's read all of verse 1. Yeah, now. I exhort you, therefore, brothers, through the compassions of God, Okay, let me, let me first complete my thought that I said earlier about the apostles. All the apostles, their love for the Lord. I told you about Peter. I told you about Paul. I want to tell you about John, the aged apostle. In Revelation 1, Revelation 1, you know his story, right? He's exiled. He's in exile. 
on the island of Patmos. That's where he received this vision. So <laughs> he does. He, he's in isolation. He needed Zoom and didn't have it. He, he was, it's not that he had a normal church life, you know, or we say normal church life. Amazing. Paul's in prison. John's in exile. That's how there's, you know, understand in the first century, that's the church life of the brothers. Verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has released us from our sins by his blood and has made us a kingdom priest to his God and Father. Even John, at the end, probably by that time, around 90, and says, to him who loves us. And has released us from our sins. The freshness of the appreciation for the love of the Lord. Saints, may we have this. May we have this. And, and at the, the end, which we're getting close to, to, to give you the time to respond to the whole weekend. I want to I bring us back to the verses from the first meeting. Actually, they're... They're the last verses on your outline now. Leviticus 6. We won't read them, but Leviticus 6, right, on the next page. You remember what it says there? Morning and evening. Evening and morning. The fire of the burnt offering will not go out. Should not go out. And please remember, and, and we, don't, we won't develop this. I just want to mention this. Please, please remember, it's not just the burnt offering. It's also the peace offering. I was so strengthened by that. Because the peace offering means that with your consecration, you, you get two things. You get love, you get the wave breast and the heave shoulder. You get love and resurrection as your supply, as your food. You know, the, you know these offerings were parts that were given, they were offered, and then they were given to the priests. They leaves, the priests go back, and this is their dinner. That's the, 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 the wave breast. Love in resurrection can be your food. And then the heave shoulder. Strength in ascension. You could bear anything. One burden comes. You're not finished with that. Another burden comes. And then if you didn't have the supply, oh, it's too much. But, but with this supply, you just, you just function and the face is still round. And nobody knows. Nobody knows. Oh, pressure. You're under pressure. This, uh, hmm. I guess you could say. But actually, I'm eating a lot. And it's a supply. The daily consecration gives you that. But to maintain that, maintain that, you, you, need, you need the end of Romans 12.1. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. The main point here, there are two, two points, but the main point is this. 
the result of re, re, re is the church life. It's all for the church life. It's all for the building up. And if you read the rest of these verses in all of Romans 12, 13, all the way to 16, it's the church life. The practical church life. And you read these verses, it talks about service. It talks about offering. It talks about giving. It talks about hospitality. With a burning spirit. That's verse 11. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be burning in spirit, serving the Lord. And I do feel, saints, I do feel, just honestly, some of the zeal is gone. How about your church? Some of the zeal is, you know, I appreciate it. One brother among us here, he told us, he testified yesterday, 40 years in the church life. You know what? With, with many of the veterans, actually, the zeal is still there. Not affected by all this stuff. Oh, and I was remembering this verse in John 2. The disciples, they saw the Lord, you know, he cleansed the temple. And the, and, and the verse the zeal for his house. He said this, the zeal for God's house has consumed me. And you know what? With many of the older saints, they haven't been affected at all by what's been happening. They just go on and on and on and on and on and on. Easy? No. Suffering here, suffering there. But they just go on. I take my inspiration, not just from the Lord, but from them. I look at them. I'm following them. But it's the church life contributing to the needs of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Not just, okay, you know, brother calls, hi, can you? Um, uh, yeah, uh, let me talk to my wife. No, that's not what this says. What this says is pursuing hospitality. That's like, hey, I heard some saints are coming into town. Sister, that's, not, that's Sister Irene. Sister Irene pursues hospitality. You have hospitality now, right? Didn't some brothers stay with you? Yeah, there they are. Okay, you can share first. <laughs> pursuing hospitality. Oh, I heard some saints are coming. When are they coming? Oh, she gets disappointed when we don't give her people. We used to be neighbors in New York. We used to be very live close to each other. Oh, we thought, no, 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 we don't want to be too much. Oh, okay. Okay, then I can have them all over. How many? 20? Yeah, send them over. And I'm not exaggerating. And, you know, and some of you know I'm not exaggerating. That's pursuing hospitality. Older saints just praise the Lord. But saints, saints, uh, the rest of this verse says, living sacrifice, holy, well-pleasing to God, 
which is your reasonable service. And this is the second point I want to highlight. Your reasonable service. Does someone have the recovery version with the note here? What's the note on reasonable? Could somebody read that? It's just a few words, definition. Reasonable. Yeah, anybody have it? Just read it out. Intelligent. Intelligent. It's your intelligent service. Go ahead. Logical. Logi- it's logical. It makes sense. Nothing else makes sense but to give yourself to God for the church life. More? Rational. 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 Some people think we're not rational. Like, we're crazy. I'm thinking, boy, you're not clear. Just hang on a few years. You will be, you're, you're going to see. This makes more sense than anything you could imagine. And in harmony with the highest in har- oh my harmony with the highest reason <laughs> in harmony some of our relatives they don't understand oh i meet some relatives after some time they are you still with the church <laughs> they they in harmony with the highest reason we have that hymn oh my goodness what a masterpiece. Hymn 152. Yeah. You know this hymn, 152? Oh, how deep and how far-reaching is thy love, dear Lord, to me. Yeah, that one. Okay. We, we sometimes use the tune of 114. To, to sing it. Oh, how deep and how far-reaching is thy love. I want to highlight verse 3. Verse 3. Could you read it, Dennis? Do you have it? Lord, thy love is the expression of thy loving self-divine. Next, listen. Oh. Making, Making life. life. So, meaning. Harmonized. Most every time we were singing that, I have to stop. I said, Lord, what mercy! I'm nothing coming from nowhere. And you, you pulled me out of there and you harmonize my life with your design. I don't deserve this. We have the greatest, noblest calling on the earth. We're going to bring the Lord back. We're building the church. Everything we do is for that. Take care of the children for that. Clean the meeting hall for that. Oh, we have new meeting halls in New York. Hall six. Hall six. There's saints in hall six. That's where they are, right? Saints in hall six. The hall two and six meeting together today. It's good that young adults have meeting hall toilets to clean. We gave them nine halls so that they could all get busy with Saturday morning service. Clean the me- that, that, that little that little hall on, on 34th Street. Of course, we don't we don't have the top two floors. We have the we, we have what nine bathrooms? Seven bathrooms, maybe seven bathrooms. 
You clean that. You know why you clean that? Because it's in harmony with God's design. <laughs> Has meaning. We're raising our. You're you're securing your homes. You're buying a house. Maybe be careful. That's a blessing from the Lord. But may it all be harmonized with God's design. Amen. And not something like those nine lepers. You take the answer to prayer, and it takes you farther away from God. Just tell the Lord, Lord, don't ever let that happen to me. I'm committing it to you right now. I'm committing that to you. Don't let it happen. Guard my deposit. So do you see, saints, for this consecration, this comes first. There needs to be a rational, logical evaluation of who we are, where we are, and when we are. And when you come to this rational, logical, reasonable, intelligent evaluation, I believe you, as many of us, will come to this conclusion. Nothing's higher. I give my life to this. And I do not care. I do not care to listen to the enemy one word about where I've been and what I've done. I have the blood. And today is a new day. I only have today. I don't even have tomorrow. So I'm giving today myself to the Lord. Let's stop here. Let's have a few prayers. A few prayers. And then... We have hopefully 15 minutes for your sharing. Amen.